This is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast, brought to you by Rocket Matter. Hey, everybody. This is Larry Port, and this is the 10-Minute Law Firm Podcast. I have with me today uh, Brett Burney, uh, a Burney consultant. So, uh, Brett, you know, he consults with a lot of law firms on e-discovery, but one of his uh, Big endeavors these days is his apps and law blog, and he likes to work with law firms about using iPads and iPhones in their practice. So, welcome, Brett. How you doing? Awesome. I'm doing great, Larry. Well, as as good as anybody can be doing at this time, right? <laughs> I always yeah, I always feel bad asking that question. Like we always have the typical greeting, like, "Hey, how are you doing?" Well, other than you know, there's a pandemic going on. I- I'm doing great. It's it's great. <laughs> We're making it. <laughs> It's so funny because like in the future when people are listening to these podcasts and all these things that we're doing, it's like, oh, that one was recorded in the podcast. Or right, the right. They'll know. They'll know. <laughs> so um, I was reading the Wall Street Journal today and um, there was something in there about like Apple selling like a gazillion iPads. I don't know if that yeah. was the exact number, but I was a little surprised to hear that because I had always thought that the iPad thing came and then everybody gave their iPads to their kids to watch videos right. with. So. Right. What's going on with iPads in law? Well, I, I, I got to tell you, I've, I've been seeing the same types of headlines, Larry, that, it, you know, it's, it's funny when the iPad came out, which, by the way, was 10 years ago. It was 2010 when Apple announced the iPad. This is the 10 year anniversary of the iPad coming around. But I've, I've always seen some people kind of approach the iPad and, and kind of, I guess, quasi dismiss it as like, well, that's just a, a consumption device, right? Like you right. can't really do any, any real work on the iPad. Um, you know, it's good to like surf and, you know, check Facebook and maybe check email. And then Apple will come out with a nice update on the iPad, a bigger screen or a better operating system. And then some people are like, well, wait a minute, I, Microsoft Word actually works on this and it's great. I actually look at, I've always kind of balanced those two things, Larry, because even though people say the iPad is only a consumption device, well, when it comes to lawyers, what are we doing for about 95% of the day? <laughs> we're, we're consuming information, right? We're always reading documents or, or doing legal right. research or checking in with our practice management system. I mean, we're, con- we're constantly looking for information. And so if the iPad can help you with that, that's wonderful. In fact, I remember on a C-SPAN several years ago, they were interviewing Justice Kagan. And um, she was talking about how Justice Kate, how she used a Kindle to read all of her briefs. And at the time, Judge Scalia was re- using an iPad to read all the briefs. And they're like, if, if something like an iPad can help me consume information, why wouldn't I use a tool like that? But today, as you know, just in the last few months, Apple has come out with even better updates to the iPad to where, <laughs> frankly, now you can even use a mouse with the iPad, with the latest version of the operating system. Oh yeah, you can use almost any Bluetooth mouse will work with it. And of course you can use a keyboard with it today. You can use a stylus, uh, which is funny by the way, because 10 years ago when Steve Jobs introduced the iPad, Larry, he was famous for being on stage and saying, you don't need anything to use an iPad except for your finger. right? You don't need a keyboard. You don't need a mouse. You don't need a stylus. Well, guess what Apple sells you today? All of those things. In other words, I think over the years, Apple has sort of realized that the iPad truly can be a functional tool in your belt for getting things done. I've always had that question from people like, 
can my iPad replace my laptop? And the answer has typically always been not, not quite, but man, we are getting so much closer. And then, so just quickly to your, to the headlines, we found that over this last quarter, I forget exactly how many million iPads that Apple just sold over this last quarter. Now, a lot of that they attribute obviously to the fact that there's a lot more people working from home. There's a lot more kids that are having to take care of their school and they need devices to be able to connect to the internet quickly, be able to access that information. And we see that that reflected in the sense that Apple, I think, sold just as many iPads probably in this last quarter than they may have sold over the last uh, several years. So the, the, all of that combined with the fact that uh, Apple continues to improve the iPad OS and the functionality of the iPad, even just with iPad or iOS 14 that's going to be coming out probably in the next couple of months, that, that just is a great recipe for showing that the iPad truly can be a, 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 a workhorse tool uh, in your repertoire. Yeah, and I think, um, listen, I mean, I know um, you are obviously like in the Apple uh, camp, but I do think that <laughs> right. some of the success that Microsoft has had in how they position the Surface has definitely influenced how Apple thinks about the iPad because, you know, they, they're really bridging the gap with the Surface line of products between uh, laptop and tablet. And, I, and it seems yeah. like Apple is moving in that direction as well. Here's one thing I've always observed quickly with the Surface, which is great. Sure. I, I love the Surface, but Larry, I've always thought of the Surface devices as basically Windows laptops first that can also be a tablet, right? Because that is I mean, 100% save, true, for, save sure. for a couple of the surfaces that came out early on, the Surface basically runs a full version of Windows, right? It's not like a superset of Windows. It's a full version of Windows. And so I always tell, tell people, you know, it's almost like the Surface, Microsoft was trying to provide a very portable laptop, a Windows laptop, right? That that, by the way, you can rip off the screen if you want to, right? And just use it, which is wonderful. And it's funny how they were comparing it originally to an iPad. Now they compare the Surface to like a MacBook Pro. Whereas Apple kind of has taken almost the opposite approach. The iPad was not meant to replace the, the laptop originally. Steve Jobs even said, everybody has a computer, everybody has a mobile phone, and the iPad was meant to be a third category of devices when he, when he introduced the iPad. But now Apple is almost coming around to this idea like, wow, well, if people are using the iPad like a laptop, then maybe we'll just continue to give them the tools that they need to use it more and more like a laptop. And so they're almost coming around now to where I could absolutely see that the iPad could start eating into maybe some of the lower end MacBooks or MacBook Airs or MacBook Pro line, right? Because why should you get a full laptop when you can just use an iPad? All I know is that like, I'm about to spend a thousand dollars on like a new device just because of you. Gosh <laughs> darn it, Bernie. So um, I, you were recently on our webinar series and uh, yeah. like, I think we had a ton of registrants. Everybody wanted to hear fun. what you had to say uh, yeah, about uh, using apps in the law firm. Like talk to me. I mean, I know this is a 10 minute law firm podcast, more minutes here, but like what were in your, what are some of the interesting things that are like coming there in the market, like at least in terms of apps on the iPad or on the device that maybe weren't there a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That webinar was fantastic. Thank you for having me on. And actually oh, yeah. on that webinar, Larry, we, we really focused on what I call mobile ethics <laughs> was I was, I was really actually just trying to get people to, to think about 
like an iPhone, for example, or even an Android phone, it doesn't matter. We think of these devices as really phones that can make some birds angry, right? Or we can crush some candy with it. But right. I'm trying to help people to change their perception. Like, you can't think of this as a phone first and that can do something else because start listing all of the things that your iPhone replaces for you. Yeah, start thinking about like the camera, right? Or access to your uh -huh. calendar or access to your email. I mean, when I used to travel, it was, it was my flight tracker. It was uh, my step tracker, right? It's the way that I get news. It's the way that I get radio. It's the, it has replaced oh probably about 50 items that I used to carry separate devices for, right? To the point where I want people to think of their mobile devices as personal computers first that, oh, by the way, by the way, the iPhone can also make phone calls, right? But I mean, it's my first place that I go for anything that I'm looking up on the internet. It's the, it's the thing that I do for podcasts. I mean, just start thinking about how many things you're using that device for. Uh, not to mention the fact you're using it for email. You're communicating with your clients. Now it's text messaging, right? That so many clients insist on communicating that way. Or the fact that you're carrying documents. And I was, I, 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 I'm trying to get people to think about and understand like you need to treat these devices as personal computers because hopefully that's going to instill within you the importance of protecting this information, right? From an ethical component, like being competent and using a good passcode on your devices. Um, oh, yes. Making sure Important. that Exactly. Making sure that you understand, like if you're going to a Starbucks, remember we used to do that, but if you're going to a Starbucks, like an open Wi-Fi, right? Understanding the risk there, like using a, a VPN, a virtual private network, right? Something along those lines. Having an understanding of how to use uh, the backup systems and within an, you know, an Apple device, you can connect to iCloud and you can back up those devices so that you're not going to lose anything if you need to. Just having an understanding, or like, or like the Find My iPhone system, right? Which is absolutely brilliant that Apple came up with that in the sense that it's going to happen to you. At some point, you're going to lose your device. It's going to be stolen. You're going to misplace it. Something is going to happen to it. And you need to understand how to use the Find My iPhone service so that you can find it and locate it again. So in, in that component, I was really just trying to heighten the awareness of in that webinar, heightening the awareness for folks to really understand the importance of paying attention to protecting the information you're carrying. And frankly, we don't even have to go any further than just your email, because in your email, you have some of the most sensitive and confidential conversations with your clients, not to mention the fact yeah. that you're sending documents back and forth, right? I mean, the fact that you don't have a passcode on a, on a, on a device, really, I think, truly falls below your duty of competence in protecting that information, which you're required to do. So it's, it, we went through some of those uh, apps on there, just helping people understand, you know, from the component of you've got to understand this is important. This is critical to your practice today. Cause about any ABA survey today or ILTA survey, a 99%, probably almost 100% of attorneys today have some kind of a mobile device. The vast majority of those are Apple devices today. The rest of them are Android. And there's a, there's a few that are still holding on to those old Blackberries or Windows devices, but not too many anymore. Oh, you bring up very important points. And um, I mean, really, the way I see these devices is they're kind of like, if you remember the old school uh, green and black terminals that people would use to log in the mainframes. And I'm sure I'm like dating myself right. by doing this. I'm with you, but brother. Really, I'm with you. Well, it's kind of the same thing. Like these are consoles for the cloud. Like they have 
a lot of powerful yes. capabilities on them, but they're cloud access devices. And so if Absolutely. they can access your phone, they can access all the data that's in the cloud. So yes, um, understanding the um, degree of security that you should treat these things with is also very important. I, I think once, like, yeah. there was this one statistic, and I, this had to have been wrong, but I, I reread it and reread it. For something like in a six-month period in Chicago, people lost like 25,000 cell phones. Yeah. Like, so, I mean, yeah. it's, um, I guess it's a big to your point earlier about like the apps that are using, that's an excellent point on the on the cloud aspect as well. Because anytime that I go and I train lawyers on using iPads, I the first place that I start, you know, everybody wants to ask about giving presentations on the iPad or note taking on the iPad, and all of those things are fantastic. But the first thing I typically talk about is getting access to your files, getting access to your documents, right? And today this is now mirrored in so many aspects and so many vertical industries today in the sense that it really is getting to the point where it doesn't matter what kind of a device that you use as long as it has access to the internet and you can get in information, the information that you need. For example, Microsoft. Microsoft didn't used to offer actual apps for the iPad. Microsoft Word, Microsoft Excel or PowerPoint, right? And in fact, I remember it was in 2014 when they finally acquiesced and, it, you know, this was a new dawn, a new generation of folks in Microsoft where, you know, the CEO said we're cloud first, mobile first. And the idea was, well, yeah, we have Surface computers. We'd love for you to buy one of those. But we know people are using Macs and Windows and iPads and Android devices. And we want basically to make our software available for anyone. So it comes back to even something like Rocket Matter, Larry. I remember talking with you, with you back in 2008 when you first attended the ABA tech show showing Rocket Matter. That's right. And the idea yeah. people were like, well, okay, wait, do I, 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 I've got to have Windows to use this, right? And you would try to explain to people, no, it's in the cloud as long as the only software you need is a web browser, right? And now I find folks can get access to the information that they store like in Rocket Matter. How do you find a contact? How do you find a document? In the old days, we would have to like, uh, I, I gotta call you know, my office, can you just wait or I'll call you back later? No, you just pull out your phone or your iPad today or your Android device and you can jump on the Rocket Matter app or jump into Dropbox or jump onto OneDrive, you can get access to the information that you need right then and there to where that world is now coming to the fact in law firms and everywhere else, like it doesn't matter which device that you use. Now, obviously I understand some firms have to have consistency with the types of computers and everything. I fully get that. I was in a large law firm and I understand the need for that. But really today it comes down to what do the individual lawyers and attorneys need or want to use to get their work done. Awesome. Brett Bernie, if people want to get in touch with you, how should they do so? Oh, the, the best place probably is just to visit my apps in law blog, appsinlaw.com. Uh, I do my own little podcast there. I do little short video reviews of different, different apps. I just actually did one on using Zoom on an iPhone and an iPad. Uh, which is, I think I'm about two over 210,000 views right now on that one. Like oh a lot of people want to know how to do that. So I just go through, do some tips and I'm getting ready to launch another one on there. So appsinlaw.com is probably the best way to, to find me. That's great. And uh, for those interested, a recording of the webinar that Brett did with us is available on the Rocket Matter site under our resources tab. Uh, there was a webinar that uh, Brett did on mobile ethics for attorneys. Brett, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks, Larry. Always, always a pleasure, my friend. Talk to you soon.
This is the 10 Minute Law Firm Podcast. Be sure to subscribe and don't forget to rate and review so we can keep bringing you awesome content.